0: Welcome to The Upward Journey, the podcast ministry of Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina. Shadows. They're fascinating, aren't they? We've all seen them portrayed as many things, spooky, foreboding, indicating that something typically bad is about to happen, yet the Bible paints a different picture of shadows as they relate to God. One of the most comforting passages of Scripture actually highlights how we have a great shadow under the wings of God to find rest in. It's as if it's saying, this is the best place to be when times are hard, to hide yourself in the shadows of God's wings like a bird nestles its chicks in her feathers so God wants to hide us in His love and know His comfort in times of trouble. So how do we experience that in our own lives? That's what we're taking a closer look at in our current series, The Shadow of the Almighty. Let's continue the upward journey.
1: Let's welcome our online audience. So glad to have all of you here today. Great to have you with us. Love y'all. You're part of this family. We're continuing in Psalm 91. We only have two weeks left. It seemed like it's taken a while. Then it seems like it's flown by going through this beautiful Psalm of refuge, this Psalm of strength, this Psalm that so many people turn to in times of trouble. I've been asked over the years many, many times one question. As, as pastor, they come to me and ask a lot of questions. But the one I've been asked a whole lot is Pastor, do you actually believe there are guardian angels? Do you believe? They're guardian angels. So we're going to look at that today. Psalm 91 talks a lot about angels and we're going to see that today and get an answer. We're going to read four verses together today. Are you ready? Psalm 91 verses 9 through 12. Let's read it together. Because you have made the Lord who is my refuge, even the most high, your dwelling place, no evil shall befall you. Anybody want to claim that for yourself just right now? No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. For he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways. In their hands they shall bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. In verse 9, the psalmist gives us and tells us about a powerful decision that we can make. It's a decision that has an effect in your life. He says, because you have made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, your dwelling place, these things will happen. It's a cause and effect relationship, and the cause is a decision that you make to make the Lord your dwelling place. If you choose to run to Him in trouble, if you choose to turn to Him when you're hurting, If you choose to pour your grief and sorrow out upon Him and truly make Him the dwelling place of your life, tremendous benefits will follow. Now, right in the middle of it, I love this passage. The psalmist takes what we might call a praise break. Anybody ever just taken a praise break? The psalmist said, Because you've made the Lord, who is my refuge, even the Most High, Right in the middle of it, he just says, he's mine. I love it. It kind of echoes what took place in verse 1 and 2. He gives this big theological statement, and then he said, he's my God. I declare it over myself. He is my refuge and my fortress. So it's like he's saying, he's wanting to preach, but he's praising at the same time. Anybody ever just taking a praise break? Anybody taking a praise break? Come on, 9 o'clock. I tried to wake you up earlier. You've just taken a time right in the middle of trouble right in the middle of your day, to just stop and thank God for all that he's done in your life. It's so powerful just to take a little time every day just to stop and say, thank you, Lord, for what you've done in my life. I heard the story about a farmer. He had four children. He had three girls that were really smart. His youngest son was not so smart. And his three daughters just excelled at school, and his youngest son, they just had to drag him to school and back, and he had a hard time with it. One day, the farmer's out at the store, and he's bragging on his daughters. He said, let me just tell you, my daughter, my, my oldest daughter, just came through college. She graduated cum laude. Everybody's like, okay. He said, I want you to know about my second girl. She went through college. She graduated magna cum laude. Everybody's getting sick of it by now. He said, my third girl, she's the smartest one of all. She come through college. She graduated summa cum laude. Somebody got sick of it, and they said, well, what about that boy of yours? They said, he graduated, thank you, Lord. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you, Lord, he graduated. Any of you ever just stop in the middle of the day and say, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for what you're doing in my life. It's so important to do that. Because if you focus on problems, problems will be your dwelling place. I want you to hear me. What you dwell on, you tend to dwell in. Whatever you make the focus of your mind, you tend to live in. And if you're dwelling on problems and troubles and situations, you start to sink. But when you dwell on him, you can be an overcomer. I love the words of Isaiah. He said this in Isaiah 26:3: You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. When we take a few praise breaks every day, we keep our mind focused on the Lord. And the Bible said when we stay focused in and on Him, He will keep us in perfect peace. Now this does not mean that you'll never have any problems in your life. But here's the promise of this psalm. No evil shall befall you, nor shall any plague come near your dwelling. We're promised victory over evil, we're promised victory over disease. It does not mean that trouble will never come knocking at your door because trouble will come knocking at your door from time to time. In fact, in the last part of this psalm that we'll see in just a couple of weeks, God promises to the one that dwells in him, I will be with him in trouble. And because he is with us walking through difficult circumstances, we will never be overcome by evil. We'll never be overcome by disease because Jesus walks with us through everything. Can you get that this morning? Everything you walk through, if you make him your dwelling place, he's going with you. So his promise is powerful. Evil cannot come to your house. Plagues cannot come to your dwelling. You will overcome it all in Jesus' name. Then in verse 11 he moves on and begins talking about the role of angels in the lives of those who dwell in God. He said this, he shall give his angels charge over you to keep you in all your ways and in their hands they will bear you up to keep you from dashing your foot even against a stone. Now, the Bible has a whole lot to say about angels. In fact, angels are mentioned 273 times in the Scripture. I spent most of my week counting that throughout. No, I didn't, actually. But uh, 273 times the Bible talks about angels. The role of angels, the book of Hebrews chapter 1 tells us that uh, the writer of Hebrews said, Are they not all ministering spirits, who are sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation you know what that means if you're following Jesus Christ and he lives in you that God sends forth angels as ministering spirits to watch after you to keep you to protect you to make your way blessed and to make your way prosperous that's the role of angels Now, there are angels who worship in heaven. There are angels who have responsibilities in heaven. But the chief role of angels is for us. Apparently, we need some oversight. Apparently, we don't always play well with others. Apparently, we need a lot of help. Can anybody say, that's me, Lord? Can anybody say, thank you, Lord, that I've got some uh, angels looking out for me? That's their purpose. That's their role. The Bible said they exist to minister to the children of God in the family of God. Now, uh, we, we only know of three angels that have a name in Scripture. We know of Gabriel, we know of Michael, and we know of Lucifer. And we know Lucifer, the end of his story, is not good. But uh, we have only three of them named. So some people assume that the numbers of angels are very small that there are only a few some people think there may be a hundred some people think there may be a thousand but if you read the scriptures you find out the scripture does not give us a definitive number on how many angels there are but I just want to tell you God has enough the angelic choir is never short-staffed you understand that They're never going to run out. It seems like everything in the world is short-staffed today. If you run a business, you know that that's really hard to find people to get the job done. God's not wringing his hands in heaven worried about a lack of angels. In the book of Hebrews, again, chapter 12, it describes the number of angels, and it said there are countless thousands of angels that serve the Lord. In the book of Revelation, chapter 5, the revelator's given a vision of heaven. And he said the number of angels that he could see in just this one vision was 10,000 times 10,000. That means in that one vision he saw 100 million plus angels around the throne of God. There are at least 100 million angels who are sent forth by God to take care of his people, to serve them, to help them in all their ways. I love that jesus himself said this about angels matthew eighteen ten. he said take heed that you do not despise one of these little ones i just walked by kids time or student or kids ministries upstairs in the room and man they were having a time up there you think you guys know how to worship they know how to worship up there and i mean sometimes down here we'll hear them booming and shaking and everything else and you know what i say thank you lord Amen. They may run around. They may be loud. But I know churches that would give anything they had to have this number of kids running around the hallways. So never despise one of these little ones, Jesus said. He said this For I say to you that in heaven their angels always see the face of my Father who is in heaven. Do you understand that? Jesus said, These little ones running around today, uh, that you try, some of you, you're worn out because you barely got them to church this morning. Do you understand that? Some of you with large family, and don't even have to have a large family. Some of you just have a kid with a large spirit. And, uh, <laughs> right? Amen. I can feel your pain this morning. I <laughs> said, Man, they're huge. Uh, you got them ready to come to church, and they're here. The Bible said this morning, Jesus said it, their angels can see the face of the Father right now. These kids have angels that are watching out for them and ministering to them and stand before God on their behalf. Do I believe in guardian angels? Well, yes, I do, because Jesus said they're real and Jesus said they exist. Now, what are the roles of angels in our lives? In the Bible, you see many different roles of angels. They start, uh, many times you see them as messengers. Probably the most famous example is the angel Gabriel appearing to Mary. And when they showed up as messengers, it was like you could tell that was an angel, right? Uh, When they showed up to deliver a message, it's like they're in full dress uniform. There's no hiding who they are. How do you know this, Pastor? Because almost every time an angel shows up in the Bible, the first two words out of the mouth is, fear not. Because when they show up, people get afraid they're not little naked cherubs you know i see this picture sometimes you see naked babies with wings and that's supposed to be angels no angels don't look like cupid when they show up you're scared because you know that guy could clean house if he wanted to you know, that guy could dominate the room if he wanted to. Have you ever been around anybody that was so big, you're like, oh my goodness, that guy could rip me in half. When they see angels, the immediate, and they, they sense not only a physical presence and see a presence, they sense the glory and power of God that is upon them. And they show up, and the angel always have to say, has to say, don't be afraid. They show up as messengers, it's this amazing time. The angel Gabriel came to Mary and said, You're blessed and highly favored. You shall have a son. You shall call his name Jesus Emmanuel. He shall save his people from their sins. The most famous messenger angels. Angels are called to bring messages. Angels are also placed on this earth as protectors. The prophet Elijah one time was under siege, and they were, according to the natural, it looked like they were about to be overcome. And he had a servant who was scared to death. The servant was just trembling in fear. You ever been there when, it just according to the natural, it really looks like you're going to lose? It looks like you're about to be overrun? In those moments, Elisha did what all of us need to do and say, Lord, open our eyes. He said this statement, them that are with us are more than those who are against us. Somebody needs to receive that in their heart, in their mind, and in their spirit today. Those on your team are greater than those on the other team. Can I get an amen at nine o'clock? Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. And we are surrounded by a mighty army of God sent to protect us and to keep us in his ways. Elisha prayed and said, Lord, help this guy Open his eyes to see what's really going on. Some of us might need that prayer prayed over us right now on many levels. Lord, open our eyes to see what's really happening. Because all we tend to see is the natural. When behind the natural and beneath the natural and influencing the reality of the natural, there is a spiritual world that is highly active. And Elisha said, Lord, open his eyes. And the Bible said all of a sudden, this man's eyes were opened to spiritual realities. And he could see the hosts of heaven. He could see that the angels of the Lord were encamped about those who feared the Lord. And he could see immediately that this battle was going to be won because God had more on his team than the enemy did. I want you to receive that in your heart right now. If God would open our eyes to what was happening spiritually right here in this room this morning, we would never be afraid. There are angels posted guard around us, and they direct us, and they keep us, and they protect us. Did you know when you walk somewhere in the will of God, you're safe? When I was growing up, missionaries would come by and they would come from dangerous places in the world. Some of them come, and this was really scary. They said, we can't even tell you where we minister because if they found out, we could be in serious trouble. We couldn't get back in the country, and if they found out, they may persecute us, maybe even kill us. Then they'd say, if you could die in my country. Now, kids, come to the altar and surrender your life to Jesus. I'm like, I ain't going up there. I go up there and God's going to send me to some country where I'll get shot at and killed. I'm not going up there. It's always the assumption you surrender to God. He's going to put you through it. He's going to put you through the wringer. I ain't going up there praying for that. Did you know you're safer on a dangerous mission field in the will of God than you are in your bed with armed guards around you out of the will of God? Because when you walk in his will, he goes with you. And his angels guard over you to keep you in all your ways. Angels are protectors. The servant's eyes was o- were open to the spiritual reality around him. And he was no longer afraid. Did you know angels also another role is they engage in spiritual warfare as God's people pray? This is a powerful reason to pray. Because when you pray, angels are engaged on behalf of the kingdom of God and on behalf of what you're striving for in that moment. Daniel chapter 10, Daniel prayed. He prayed for weeks and he kept on praying and it seemed like his prayers were not being answered. Anybody ever been there before? I'm so glad to know that Ken and I and Norma are the only ones who've ever had a prayer unanswered. I think Ken and Norman and I need to come up here and y'all need to lay hands on us and pray for us this morning. Okay, have I shamed you enough this morning? How many have just ever honestly felt like, I'm praying, nothing's happening. I'm, have you ever done this? Let's, <laughs> you will raise your hands now because I'm not gonna let you off the hook. Have you ever prayed and felt like it got worse? I started praying for my kids and they got sent home from school. I thought this was supposed to work. Here's what happens. When you pray, spiritual warfare begins. When you pray, the enemy gets on the move to stop because you scare him when you pray. You activate the enemy when you pray because he sees things happening in the spirit and he begins to move. But greater than that, you activate angels on your behalf when you pray. Daniel was praying for days and days, for weeks. And finally, the breakthrough came and an angel of the Lord, Michael, came and said, Daniel... From the moment you started praying, I started fighting. And I was withstood. An enemy, a spiritual enemy, stood against me. But Daniel continued to pray, and the spiritual battle was won in the heavens, and that spiritual battle manifested. The victory in the spiritual manifested in the natural because Daniel kept praying, and the angels of God kept fighting. If you're praying now for something that's not happening, you're in the middle of the battle, keep on praying. There are angels fighting for you right now, and you can count on that. They are messengers, they are protectors. They engage spiritual enemies, they're spiritual warriors. Here's the other thing about angels sometimes they show up, and you know they're angels. Sometimes you don't even see them as they work. Then sometimes you see them, and they're in plain clothes. Do you know that? The Bible said that many people have been in the presence of angels without even knowing it. Hear me. The Bible said this is a common occurrence. This doesn't happen once a decade. The Bible's true and we know it is. Chances are you've seen an angel in your lifetime and not known it. Because sometimes they don't show who they are. I've heard so many stories of people who were in desperate situations. They were lost. And all of a sudden, a person came and gave them hope and gave them directions. They may have been broken down on the road at night and somebody stopped to help them. They may have been in a terrible circumstance and all of a sudden, seemingly out of nowhere, somebody showed up and gave them a hand. And then five minutes after it's over, they turn around to try to find this person and they're gone and nobody knows where they came from, nobody knows where they went, nobody had ever heard of them, nobody had ever seen them, it's all of a sudden like somebody dropped down out of heaven for just that right moment to help them, and then that person disappeared. I'm going to tell you, I've been in pastoral ministry almost 30 years, and again and again and again, I hear the people of God telling me stories of people who showed up to help in their time of need. Guess who those people were? They were the angels of God in plain clothes. Because the word says they're sent to minister on our behalf. Here's how the psalmist wrote it. He'll give his angels charge over you. Now, by the way, this is the one verse that Satan quoted. In the Bible, Satan twists this verse to Jesus. Isn't that an interesting thought, quoting the word to the word? Taking the written word and trying to mess with the living word with the written word? Satan's not as smart as people give him credit for. He quotes this to Jesus, but he left out a part. Satan said, for he shall give his angels charge over you, lest you dash your foot against a stone. He left out the part that says to keep you in all your ways. And here's the reason he left that part out. Because there is a a bit of uh, qualification here. There is a bit of uh, understanding here that he sends angels to you To keep you and I as we walk in the ways of God. As we do what God's put us on this earth to do. Satan was telling Jesus that it's just a blanket statement. That you can just do whatever you want and God's going to keep you safe. So Jesus, why don't you just throw yourself off this mountain. Because the Bible says you'll be okay. Let me just tell you. There is an appointed time for us to go to die to go to heaven, right? But you can speed it up if you do stupid stuff. I tried to make that as plain as possible. If you do stupid, you can speed it up. You can't go jump off a building and say, Angels come. I saw this quote it said, Play stupid games, win stupid prizes. Or pay stupid tax. Anybody ever paid any of that tax before? Me and Ken, again, it's just us. uh, Just the three of us here, but we're honest. Uh, I've done some stupid stuff. The devil is trying to just twist the scripture and say, Jesus, do whatever you want. Here's what the word tells us. He'll keep us in our ways. That is, the ways he's ordained for us to walk in. God calls you to walk into a situation. His angels go with you. If God tells you to stay out of a situation and you walk into that situation, you leave your angelic protection behind as you walk in rebellion against God. That's not a shame. That's not a thing to make you feel guilty. I'm just telling you. There is power in staying right in the middle of the will of God because you, when you walk in His will, in His calling, in the role He's placed you in, He's promised that angels will go with you. He'll give them charge over you to keep you in all your ways. I love this. In their hands, they will bear you up. I was going through a difficult circumstance just the other day, and I was praying. I was saying, God, speak to me. God, talked. to me. You ever just done that? God, i got to hear from you. And i got a picture in my mind of God's hands just like this. And what the Lord was saying to me is, Son, I've got you right here. I've got you in my hands. No matter what you walk through, no matter what challenge, no, you're safe in the palm of my hands. Even to the point the psalmist said, to keep you from stubbing your toe. I want to rewrite this psalm for modern days and said, In their hands they'll bear you up, lest you dash your foot against the bedroom post at 2 a.m. in the morning that's when I need angels when I get up to go to the bathroom at night oh next time you stub your yourself say God where did I go wrong I thought I was walking in your wheel no don't do that what I love about this is even the level of detail that they're even concerned about you hitting your foot I was coming down the interstate the other day and going through some water and uh, it was raining really hard and You know, in construction, the water doesn't drain as good as it would normally. And I hydroplaned a couple times. And and when you get on 26 right now, you don't really have a choice to pull over. You got to keep moving. And I'm thankful for all those who are working on 26 and doing a good job of it. I've stopped joking about 26. Did I tell you what happened to me? I was making 26 jokes again and again and again. Finally, a young man came up to me after service. He said, Pastor, I'm one of the project managers for I-26. I said, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'll quit. He said, bring it on, I love it. But uh, you get one now, 26, and it's raining, and I was hydroplaning, and I couldn't get off the road, I couldn't stop, and uh, I slid a couple times, and I just started going to Psalm 91. Angels, bear you up, lest you dash your foot against a stone. And I came through it, because he cares about that level of detail. If he cares about me stubbing my toe, he can take care of everything else. I'll give you a word today that God gave me some weeks ago. I was praying and the unknown was going on and we've seen some of the unknown become known. We've seen some of the victory we knew was coming actually happen in our own personal lives. But in the middle of it, the Lord spoke to my heart by the Holy Spirit and said, son, I'm fighting for you right now in ways you can't even see. That word's for you right now. God is fighting for you right now in some ways that you don't even know about. He's in the details. young lady came up and told us a story just a few years ago, and I'm closing with this. She'd attended church here uh, some years ago, and she came up to Alexa and I, and she said, i got to tell you guys this incredible story. This is just to show you the detail that the angels of God get involved in your life. She had been going through some personal struggles. I think it was a relationship struggle, and she was really hurting, and she kind of had that uh, prideful, I can handle this thing. Any of you ever deal with pride? Man, I didn't even get Ken this time. (laughs) Brother, I thought you were with me, man. Anybody deal with pride? Pride does not manifest always as I think I'm something. Pride sometimes is manifested as I can handle this. Oh, I don't need to talk to anybody. So she was going through a real struggle, and she just thought I can handle this. So finally it got so heavy she talked to a friend about it who I believe also attended the church. And the friend said, you know, you really ought to go talk to Andy and Alexa about this, me and my wife. This at a time when we did more of this. Uh, and so she said, no, I'm not going to tell them about it. I I don't want to do that. It's it's embarrassing, and I can handle this, and the friend just kept saying, I really feel like you need to go talk to Andy and Alexa, and she just wouldn't do it. She said, I decided that I was just going to go buy a book on the subject, so she went to the Goodwill store. Anybody? Yay, Goodwill. Thanks, Mike. You're with me. Ken's abandoned me now. You're you're with me now. She went to Goodwill to uh, look for a book. You know, they're $2. So she's going to go down there and get a relationship book. And she went and she found one. She looked through all the books and she saw one. And it just kind of jumped out at her. And she said, I'm going to buy this book. So she bought the book and she went home to read it. She said, weirdest thing happened. She said, I opened the book and a picture fell out. And it was a picture of me and Alexa. couple weeks before we had that book and I often will use pictures as bookmarks and I'd put a picture of me and Alexa in there as a bookmark and then sometimes when I get done with books I'll take I've got a whole load of books in my car right now. I'm taking to Goodwill this afternoon, so that's funny. I donated that book to Goodwill like two weeks earlier and I'd forgotten and left a picture in there. She picks up that very book and opens it up and out falls a picture of us. And at that point, she said, Okay, Lord, I'm going to go talk to him. What's that got to do with angels? They direct us. Angel had me get that picture, not another one. Put in that book. Leave in that book. Donate that book. Then that angel directed her in there. Go to this shelf. Look at that book. Woo! shined open that book first time she opened it the picture fell out i'll tell you folks there's somebody working on our behalf there's somebody looking out for you that's for you you're following jesus christ he's looking out for you amen amen let's pray jesus thank you for today Thank you for the wonderful love of the Lord that's in this place, for the faith that's rising up in this place. Lord, thank you for the whole truth that you shall give your angels charge over us to keep us in all our ways. In their hands they bear us up lest we dash our foot against a stone. I ask in Jesus' name, your angels go with us. Keep us, guide us, protect us in your will and in your ways. May everybody in this room have an increasing sense, an increasing ability to see what natural eyes cannot see into the spiritual world. And God, can we truly engage that battle and not the distracting ones we can see with our eyes? With every head bowed and every eye closed, who in this place would just say, no embarrassment, no shame? Who would just say... Pastor, I'm saying yes to Jesus today as my Savior. Can I see your hand right now? I'm saying yes to Jesus. God bless you. Thank you so much for that hand. Another one. Amen. Thank you. Thank you for those hands today. It's just incredible. I want to pray with you right now. And the congregation is going to help us pray. You may be watching online and you're saying yes to Him today. I want you to pray this with us. Lord Jesus, I love you this morning. I surrender to you this morning. I ask you today to forgive my sin come inside my heart live inside of my spirit that your ways may become my ways that your path becomes my path I surrender completely to you I give you my life change me mold me shape me to who you've called me to be. In Jesus' name, amen. Can we celebrate that as we stand this morning? The Lord make his face to shine upon you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. I send you out with that blessing. I commission you to go and make Jesus known in your world. Amen. Love y'all. Thank you for being here today. Love you so much. We'll see you next time.
0: Thanks so much for listening to this week's Upward Journey. If you would like to find out more about Upward Christian Fellowship in Flat Rock, North Carolina, you can look up our website at UCF.CC or like us on Facebook at Facebook.com slash Upward Christian Fellowship. We invite you to join us next week as we continue the Upward Journey.